Welcome to the Student of the Game podcast with Tim Stone, where I sit down with successful entrepreneurs to extract the knowledge you need to increase your income and avoid simple mistakes. You learn from their failures so you don't have to go through the same thing. I hope that you find one lesson you can apply to your life from this episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Student of the Game podcast. I'm Tim Stone here with our special guest today, Mr. David Meltzer. David, thank you for being here. I uh, appreciate your time so much. I'm, I'm going to give a quick intro and we're going to dive right into it. But uh, David has had a very successful career in sports marketing, tons of other industries, learned a lot of lessons. I've followed him on social media for a long time and uh, I'm really grateful to have the chance to now have a conversation. But David, thank you for being here. I uh, appreciate you so much. I appreciate being here and having the opportunity to help other entrepreneurs pursue their potential, but more importantly, enjoy that pursuit in a consistent, persistent manner. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. I I was, because we, we were, were a little short on time here compared to what I usually do. So I was trying to debate, should we go really into your story or should I go into just firing off questions to learn from you? But I think I decided that I learned the most from hearing people's story. And, and really the lessons that you learned along the way. So if, if you don't mind, take us back to kind of where, I, I know you're a very talented speaker and you've probably told your story a billion times. Uh, but if, if you could take me back to just kind of where your story starts and the lessons you've learned, especially, uh, I mean, around the age 20, 22, where a lot of the listeners are at. And yeah. uh, I know you, you made a lot of money, lost a lot of money, learned a lot of lessons, but would love to, would love to just hear everything from you. Yeah, so, you know, I grew up poor, single mom, six kids. She worked two jobs as a second grade teacher, packed my dinner in a paper bag just so we could eat and filled up turnstiles at convenience stores with greeting cards. And that's how we survived, paycheck to paycheck. My mom lived her life like a tube, food in, food out, rolling a boulder to the top of the hill just to have it roll down to the bottom. And I decided that I wasn't going to live my life like that. I wasn't going to limit myself with a self-image of not being worthy, of not being wealthy, of not being healthy, of not being happy. And I grew up happy because of my mom, but she sacrificed so much. I felt that the only way I could achieve a maximum amount of happiness was to be rich. So initially I wanted to be like most kids, a professional athlete. And I played football in college and quickly learned that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. I remember run over by Christian Okoye and lying on my back as he stepped on me and thinking, man, doctor, lawyer, or failure, professional football player, things not going to happen. And so as I turned 18, I was pre-med, and that's when I the first and most valuable lesson of my life is I'm pre-med. After football season, I go visit my oldest brother, who is a doctor, and his residency at UCLA. And I look around the hospital, and he's like, what's the matter, Dave? I said, I hate hospitals. And he almost fell over. He said, Dave, you're pre-med. You hate hospitals. How are you going to be a doctor? I was like, I'm going to be a sports doctor. I'm not going to be in hospitals. I'm going to be in sidelines and locker rooms. You know, I won't have to be in hospitals. And then he gave me this great lesson. And it was to be more interested than interesting. And I see people around 18 to 24 years old, including my own kids, that they are not more interested. They are looking for the light, the love, and the lessons in what they're doing. They're attaching their emotions to an outcome and putting too much pressure on themselves. Instead of thinking about what I am, they're thinking about what I want people to think I am. 
And this creates a huge void shortage and obstacle in your life. And so I continued on in this pursuit of interest and I quickly shifted to be a lawyer. Now, I still, although I was interested, uh, I still had another problem is uh, I was still pursuing what other people wanted for me, what was saying I don't have instead of what I am. So I went to law school to make a lot of money and ended up graduating law school, getting opportunity to be a lawyer for $150,000 to be an oil and gas litigator, plus bonuses. And that would allow me to achieve my objective, which was to buy my mom a house and a car, to complete the happiness circle that I had pursued for so many years. But yet again, uh, because I was pursuing money, I got offered a job selling internet, selling legal research on the internet in 1992, when nobody believed in the internet. It was really uh, very comparable to Web3 or AI today, where you know people are afraid of it, people are doubting. In fact, my mom told me I'd better be a real lawyer because the internet's a fad. It's never going to last. Nobody's ever going to mm -hmm. use the internet. And Cisco, when I started my job, told me, Supreme Court Justice, nobody will ever do research on the internet. You need books on, you need books to do research. Uh, and so I learned at an early age that just because people care about you or love you, uh, a lot of times that's an ignorant arrogance because they're afraid for you and you can't make decisions based off of people that are afraid for you or you can't make decisions uh, that you're afraid to make. And so just because people love you doesn't mean they give you good advice. And so I decided to sell legal research online and thank God I did. Nine months out of law school as a millionaire. Within three years, we exited in 1995. West Publishing merged with Thompson Reuters for $3.4 billion and set my life in a mm. different trajectory. Started raising money, learning about raising money on Sand Hill Road, became a director in the aware space of a company called EveryPath, became CEO of Samsung's first convergence device called the PCE phone. And because of my technology background, I met a man named Lee Steinberg, the most notable sports agent in the world, they made the movie Jerry Maguire about him, and he asked me to be CEO of the most notable sports agency in the world, which then set my life in a different trajectory. So at this point in my life, gone from the world of not enough, where I was a victim, everything happened to me, I lived in the world of why me, to now a world of just stuff for me, buying things I didn't need to impress people I didn't like, still a scarce world, trading and negotiating all the time, even my giving, which was in the millions, I was trading and negotiating. And that led me to the final lesson, money doesn't buy you love or happiness, it allows you to shop. And if you shop for the right things, for the right reasons, you'll be happy. And through three red flags, I learned the lessons and my relationship about abundance, about living in faith, about living in I am, instead of living then not enough. You see, the future is infinite in its nature. It has everything for everyone, but it doesn't distribute itself equally. It distributes itself to the people that live in the world of more than enough. It distributes more than enough. If you live as a victim in the world not enough, it distributes not enough. If you live in the world of just enough, it distributes distant, just enough. And I had to learn that lesson first by dad sending me a jacket with no pockets to hang in my closet 
to remind me money doesn't buy happiness, to remind me that when I die, I wasn't going to take anything with me. And at that time at 30, when I was married to my dream girl and had everything I ever desired, I told my dad, I hate you. You're a liar, a cheater, manipulator, an overseller, a backend seller. And I didn't talk to him again. Then six years mm -hmm. later, when I was running the most notable sports agency, my best friend told me he didn't like who I was hanging out with. He didn't like what I was doing. He wouldn't even go to the Masters with me, with Warren, Warren Moon and Wayne Gretzky, all of these amazing people back wow. in the cabins with Curtis Strange. He wouldn't even go with me. And I told him, I hate you. And then two weeks later, when my wife told me she was leaving me after catching me in a lie that I went to the Grammy Awards with Little John and told her I was going to a business meeting, came home wasted at 5.30 in the morning, my wife told me, that I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. This morning when I woke up thinking about how I was going to steal her joy, thinking about how I hated everyone, I hated my mom, my dad, my best friend, now my wife, I looked over in that closet and there was that jacket. And my life would change forever because I realized when I saw that jacket, I don't hate my mom, I don't hate my dad, I don't hate my best friend, and I certainly don't hate my wife. I hated myself. I was the liar, the leader, manipulator, overseller, back-end seller. I'd been living in a world of not enough and just enough and receiving not enough and just enough of the passion purpose along with the profitability. And so I took stock in who I was at that day. I've been practicing it for 17 years. Even though I lost over $100 million and went bankrupt, I have promoted and protected myself to make more money, help more people, and have more fun today than I've ever had before by having the mindset, the heart set, and the hand set to live in the world of more than enough of everything for everyone, to have a source of faith of thing bigger than me that protects and promotes me. My journey has led me from not enough to just enough to today more than enough where I'm here to empower over a billion people to be happy, to teach people like you how to empower others, to empower others, to make a lot of money, help the people and have a lot of fun. And if anybody wants my book, I'm happy for your community, email me, david at dmeltzer.com. And we'll sign up, send it to you, pay for shipping and the book. No problem. Just email me, david at dmeltzer.com. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. There's, there's a lot of lessons in there, but there's one interesting dynamic I kind of observed is at first you talked about how a lot of times the people that love you are going to give you advice that is not the greatest advice because it's coming from love and they're scared for you. And then getting to the point where you were ignoring the people that you, you didn't even remember that you loved them or kind of got to a point where it was like, these people don't want best for me. I hate these people. But but really, you did love them. It, it, like what have have you kind of noticed that part? I'm sure you've told this a lot of times. It's something oh, you've sure. been really. You know, it's so interesting. I right? like everybody was blowing smoke up my ass the entire time, and the only people I hated were the people who loved me. And it wasn't mm -hmm. necessarily that they had given me great advice. They were just telling me the truth about me. They were telling me that they were scared for me. They worried for me that I wasn't the same person, that I wasn't taking stock in the gracious behavior, the forgiving behavior, the accountable behavior, the inspired nature that had driven me to a point far beyond my imagination. And they were trying to save me. And thank goodness I had some people in my life that cared enough about me to tell the truth. 
which is differentiated from giving me advice about what to do in business or what to do with insurance or real estate. That's where we get in trouble is taking the advice from people that we love. But when people who love us tell us the truth, we want to listen for what they're saying and stop talking to the other people who don't care about us. Yeah. So kind of the divider is life advice is probably great, but business advice from your mom may not be the, may not be the best. Um, and and I've, I've heard people talk about kind of the difference between the naysayers and the haters is like, you might think someone's being a hater, but really the naysayer is someone that loves you. It's kind of scared. <laughs> that, that's the yeah, way I've heard exactly. it described. Yeah. Yeah. And determining, you know, the difference in ignorant arrogance is, you know, so is it a hurt person trying to hurt you? Or is it someone that loves you that is trying to protect and promote you? And then determining is that protection and promotion line with what you want, where you want to be, who you can help, who can help you and how best to get it done. Is that uh, ignorant arrogance, that fear based opinion, that judgment that's based off of doubt, is that serving you or is it uh, creating resistance for what we want? Hmm. And, um, so I, I've, I've loved these stories and I've actually heard a lot of them, which is awesome to hear them again, straight from you. And some of the things I've, I've heard you teach is like two questions that you can ask that'll kind of change everything is like, how can I be of service and who do you know that can help me? Or who do you know that I can help? I you think it. both ways <laughs> it could go You're built to be billionaire. There you go. But yeah. I, I, I actually like use social media a lot to connect with people, send people DMS. And there's a, a specific message I was using for a while. Every day I'd send it to people. And I had one guy who was like, you sound just like my big bro, Dave Meltzer. <laughs> I thought that was pretty <laughs> awesome. awesome. Um, <laughs> it was just like, Hey, how can you know, someone like a young guy like me be a service or do something of value for you? Like I wasn't, trying to sell something. I wasn't asking for anything. It was like, you can ignore me or you can tell me how I can help you and I can help you. And then it, it had started some great relationships, turned into some fun trips to Miami with some great people. And we ended up doing business together. Um, but yeah, just, just love that. Uh, it, w- other than that, cause that's one thing that's very actionable. What's something someone could do to like start providing value right now to someone? Well, utilize time correctly, have non-negotiables, uh, I think beyond asking for help and asking how you can be of service or you, I think beyond that is using your time correctly. I think a lot of people don't prioritize their time. They don't utilize their time with lenses, activity, accessibility, and gratitude to add as much value through productivity, to be accessible to as many people as they can in person, phone, via email and media, and be as gracious as they can. They're not finding what they want in things. They're not finding the light, the love, and the lessons. They're looking at what we don't have, what they don't want, what other people want for them. And so what I want people to do is to utilize each day, 24 hours a day, trajectory of where they think they want to be or better, by learning from the past, by finding the light, the love, and the lessons, the meaning of the defining moments, setbacks, mistakes, and successes of the past. By utilizing time in its correct manner, first have your non-negotiables. And I want especially young people to pay attention to number one non-negotiable, which would be sleep. You spend a third of your life sleeping. I tell people all the time, I'm the world's best at two different things, in the top 10 maybe in the world. One is sleeping, 
Uh, I get the most recovery and access from my sleep than anyone I know. And I'm also the greatest people who utilize time in a productive, accessible, gracious manner. And I do it by having seven hours a day, non-negotiable in sleep. And then I put my family, my fitness, my faith, my finance, and my attention and intention of time into my activities that are non-negotiable each day, three hours a day. So when I get my family fitness finance and time all tet forward, I'm, you know, in day and hours of non-negotiable time between my sleep and the must-haves out of every day. That leaves me 14 hours a day to do whatever I want. You know how productive, accessible, and gracious you can be with 14 hours if you know what you want to do in those 14 hours, who you can help, who can help you, and how best to get it done. Because if you prioritize, not only will you know your now, not only will you know your next, but you will know how to re-engineer your now and next. And instead of searching for a why, which is people from 18 to 24, their biggest question is, how do I find my why? I don't know my why. Mm. How am I going to get to my why? Instead of not knowing your why, if you know your what, your who, your how, and your now, you'll be applying your why. You will be in the world of I am, not the world of I think I am or I want other people to think I am. Stop the energy crisis. Identify what you're afraid of past and future. Identify the ego that responds to the fear, the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, the suck, the draw, the interference between you and your potential. And when you identify the fear and how you react to fear, don't lean into it. Don't go over it, under it, through it, around. Don't lie to it, manipulate it, cheat it, deny it. Simply stop. Breathe through your nose, out through your mouth, and remind and remember and recollect that you are part and parcel to an infinite, abundant, unified system of thought of more than enough of everything. An omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves you, protects, promotes you more than your mom, and then roll in the right trajectory. Roll in the right trajectory of what you want, who you can help, how to prioritize again in order to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. I will also send, besides my book to everyone, then those five daily practices. I will help you with your mindset, heart set, and hand set. I do free Friday trainings. I do ask me anything on Mondays. I buy books every day. I am here to be of service and of value to you and to empower you to be of service and value to other. Build a community of people that want to help each other and know people that help each other. Get a community for a lifetime that will buy from you and sell for you. It's a guaranteed formula to success. I promise you, and I'm here to help you. Email me, david at dmeltzer.com. Exercises, guides, books, training, all for free. Just email me, david at dmeltzer.com. That's amazing. And uh, thank you so much for just being who you are and the advice you give. I think that's about it for our time. So wanted to again say thank you. Anyone who listened all the way through, reach out to David and his team. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks. Catch you later. Be kind.